From the Pod Cave at Maison Duville, it's episode 35. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Dude, excellent wah guitar. Such a good wah. <laughs> it's a great wah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Man, I got to... Folks, we've stepped our game up. Jeff, you're responsible for, for that. Well, I went out to Guitar Center today. Guitar Center, if you're listening, you can sponsor us. Uh, we, right. we might want to hit them up, as well, a matter of fact. I'll hit them and up. It's a good, I During think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, or, or Webb's Bywater Music, you know. We yes. Could, uh, we could hit them up as well. But anyway, I, I took a quick trip out to uh, Guitar Center in advance of our trip to Bonnaroo. And I did a little bit of research before I went out there to see what kind of headphone amplifier distribution system we could get. Because <laughs> since we started back in uh, July of 16 uh, doing the It's a Good Life Babe podcast, which, which has been in existence uh, since 2012, folks, Exactly. We have only had one set of headphones. Right and uh, and look, people do podcasts in all different kind of ways. Like like we're actually kind of old school the way that we're doing it because in a certain sense we are emulating a radio studio. Right. I mean, not not we don't have all the the. It'd the be more like pirate radio. Yeah, it's kind of like pirate. Thank you. No, right, it's exactly. like Christian Slater. Think, there you go. Think, think Christian Slater. Was was he in the in that movie Pirate Radio? Yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. Let's look it up. up. How about that, everybody? Spencer, a a reference that Spencer didn't know. It's unbelievable. (laughs) That's the first Uh, one. That is the first first one one. so far. Spencer didn't get the reference. Uh, So anyway, I can't believe it too because it's Christian Slater. Because and you guys are like cut out of the same cloth. Are they? I think so. I don't think I'm that creepy though. No, you're not. He has a creepy factor. That's true. But he was like, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Well, I, I don't know. You could, I, no, you're some right. people might agree. I might be kind no, of no, creepy, no, no. You're but. not creepy at all. And the, you're right. And Heather's Steve is pretty creepy. That's the like, you know whatever. So, so, so I agree. If you, you're the nice Christian Slater. Oh, the non creepy. Oh, the oh, non creepy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. So if you feel a little pensiveness, folks. I mean, my, myself. I've been I've been listening to my voice for my entire professional career, uh, making video and producing things and being a musician. And I've heard my voice over and over again. I'm very familiar with what my voice sounds like. And this is well, the first time. And even in this environment, having I've done this a million times where you have a head, head, the headphones on. You don't really, you know, your voice sounds different when you listen to it on headphones. Your voice sounds different than that when you hear it played back to you. Uh, than how you hear yourself. Each time you have some new piece of technology, your voice sounds different. So if you hear a little bit of pensiveness on the part of Joel and Spencer tonight, it's because they're very intimately hearing their voices for the first time in, the, in a professional sense because we all have headphones on. We've got our nice little uh, headphone mixer now, and uh, the It's a Good Life Babe podcast is stepping up its game. From a professionalism standpoint, and it's a little a weird. But I mean, what standpoint. do you think? I mean, I th- Spencer, I think it feels pretty good. Like I, I feel like I'm cuddling with myself. I, I don't yeah. like your voice. Just always sounds weirder when you hear it. Right. No, it does. It, it, but I'm not tripping at all. I'm liking it. I dig this. New oh, okay. Thing. All right. Well, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. No, I'm loving it. Didn't you say I, before the podcast that this is weird? 
It was for like two seconds, but then it stopped. But you're over. You're over. Because now I can hear stuff, and it's like it's good. Yeah. yeah, I'm stoked. Plus, anyway, we we just look cool. I'm also with I'm these a, headphones on. I live in my it's own. Very I'm, professional. I live in my it's own head very, anyway. <laughs> so, how do the, how do the headphones feel? Man, they feel good on you. They're soft. They're, they're soft. soft. They're nice. Ass, soft Supple. ass. Soft ass. Headphones. Oh, good. Good. Shout out to Michael Rappaport. Soft ass headphones. Uh, AKG. Everybody. AKG headphones. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, on sale for fifty bucks at Thank Guitar you. Center. Let's, let's get them as a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna try and get them as well. Yeah. So speaking of, we're <laughs> yeah. going to Bonnaroo. We're going to Bonnaroo. How are we doing that, Jeff? Jeff is leading the charge, folks, with this Bonnaroo trip. And well, we've been talking out our ass about it uh, for the last several weeks, uh, up to and including the pitch that happened when Rick Farman was here. Right. So uh, what kind of chumps would we be if we didn't make good on the promise to get out to Bonnaroo? So we're going to do it. We don't have totally the plan together uh, at this point because we, we were going to try and raise the money through a sponsorship. We haven't gotten that yet uh, and get an RV, a small RV, and head out there. But it's looking more likely like that we're going to have some tents and we're going to have a van, a, uh, a van. Uh, possibly we'll have a generator a small generator sure. to provide electricity we don't know where we're going to be set up at this point we're trying to should, should we get a flag yeah. and then you know tell everyone where to find us by that dude i love it what kind of flag are we going to get well I, we can make our let's own let's make a flag are we going to get an iggy smalls do you have, let's talk, yeah, let's talk about uh, your shirt, Spencer. It, it's we're, a nice shirt. We're going to make your shirt into a flag. <laughs> exactly. What's up with your shirt, Brad? Well, it's, uh, it's got a bunch of pictures of uh, Christopher Biggie Smalls Wallace and David Bowie on it. Uh, so it's kind of like a combination of either Ziggy Smalls or Biggie Stardust. You can pick or choose either Where one. Where did you get that? I got it on Frenchman Street, actually. Is that right? Yeah, I was just walking drunk through it's, one of the art shows out there, and so I was like, drunk? "Oh, twenty bucks! I, I will take that, please." Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's all faded and shit too. It's like faded it's as old. fuck. Like it's no. like thirty years old. Well, it actually saying. didn't used to be faded. I think I've just worn it so much. It's just such a light <laughs> fabric that it ended up fading really fast. Like right, right. within a year. Yeah. All right. So nice. going to Bonnaroo. And we're going to be in the van. And uh, what we're going to say about that. Uh, oh, we got it. We got a request. This is going to be fun, people. We got a request from the promoter saying, can you use, can we use your rig for another podcast? Yeah, that's right. So people are already asking us to bar. They're asking to borrow our gear. And we immediately our precious said, gear. We immediately said yes. Yeah, exactly. Because we want to accommodate y'all. Y'all accommodate us. But also just to show people that it's not all bro down. It's not on, a bro down on on the it's a good life. Because I have a podcast. feeling whatever this podcast is, I think it might be more feminine. <laughs> it, it could be like our spinoff. <laughs> it could be our. This spin- could be our Jeffersons. That's right. It could be our Jeffersons from Archie Bunker. <laughs> Moving on. So what's on the bucket list tonight? What is on the bucket? Man, we don't have a guest. We're gonna have to like do some calling. Yeah, there's the, we've had some flakiness with our guests. Not really flaky. I don't know. We just haven't been able to get schedules to I meet up. I thought I had... We're trying a, I to get I, people on the show. Yeah, I thought I had friend of the pod, Jay Weigel, on for today. But he did not flake at all. That's not what I mean to say. He just uh, confirmed that he couldn't do it today. Um, and then Slim Lawrence 
also uh, couldn't do it today. So here we are by ourselves, amongst ourselves. Huh. That's right. That's what I think. Now, I, are we going to call somebody? There is a little bit of pensiveness, to yeah. your point, with yeah. the headphones. I know. I know. It's a trip. I know. It's pretty yeah, weird. You guys got to get over. You got to flow, man. You got to flow. in my mind. What's on the punches? <laughs> uh, well, we got something about an Olympic swimmer. Um, folks, you've heard us talk ad nauseum about the swimming pool. The Stallings swimming pool. Oh, look. It's open. It's open. Now. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've swam three sessions, I guess, twice yesterday. How many laps are you doing? I don't know. I'm not counting. And then the funny thing is, I got that. I got the Apple iWatch, uh-huh. just to. But I'm like, can you swim with that? Yeah, that's what it's for. Oh, with it on? No, it's for tracking huh. swimming. I know, but I mean, do you you take it off before you swim, or you swim with it on? No, you're supposed to swim with it on. Huh? No so shit. So it tells you how many laps you're doing. Oh, interesting. But I don't do that. You don't do that? Because I'm an analog. Dude. You don't want to like check that feature and see if it's cool. Not yet. How does it know if you're in a 25-yard pool or a 50-yard pool? I, I, I don't know. It's Meters. a great question. It's a great question, and eventually I'll get there. They'll, I bought this, like, $450 watch, and I only use it to tell time. <laughs> you it. haven't made a phone call on it yet? I've done nothing on it except that, to look at the time. You should have got a Rolex there. It looks good, though. Huh. I got the nice arm, you know, the band. But I'm not going to go over there and, like, roll Look, we're across from the street from the Stallings Park, and it's, like, all these cool high school kids I'm just not going to be that dude that rolls over there with a fucking eye watch on his thing but to your question I probably did 40 laps yesterday or something like that well, you know between the two sessions forget about that it's the eye watch waterproof yeah no that's what it's for it's, they made yeah. it waterproof so that's that, what he's saying so yeah, it calculates yeah no, you guys haven't seen the commercials well how come they can't make their phones waterproof that's a great fucking yeah why is that you can make a watch waterproof you can make a phone waterproof your phone you can't even sweat on your phone without it fucking up they do one of the companies has a waterproof phone now yeah I think probably I think probably the main money grubbing sons of bitches the main reason is because it has that external uh, it has the speaker exactly on it so it has to be able to be open to the air exactly on some level that's that's my theory so folks We've been over at the pool. Jeff went over there with his lovely girlfriend Tracy yesterday, and man, there was. I was some, in there this morning. Man. There was, and you were there this morning. Yeah, I did twenty-two there, laps this morning. I gotta tell you, there were more beautiful ladies than I've ever seen in my life at the pool. Like just collectively, yesterday afternoon, just just beautiful human beings. And I don't mean like trying to like have sex with them. I just mean like just beautiful. And there were beautiful well, guys. Well, I mean a little bit. There were beautiful a guys bit too. A little gotta be having sex with them. There, I mean, I, shout out to Nicole, I think her name was. I talked to her. Um, but, uh, but, so I was in there the very first day it was open and this young kid, Israel, comes up to me. He's 10 years old. And he's like, you want to race? I'm like, sure, I'll race with you. You know? And he's struggling, bro. Like, struggling just to make it across the pool to the point where the lifeguards are kind of concerned. But I kind of give the lifeguards the, I got this, don't worry about it, sort of thing. And we do a lap. And then we do another lap. And he's, dude, he's like, he's swimming so hard and so inefficiently. And I was like, Israel, can I give you a tip? You know? Mm -hmm. He's like, I can give you a tip. Right. I was like, you're slapping your hands instead of moving your hands into the water. You're slapping the water. You need to move your hand in, into the water like this. So you coached him. I coached him up. 
And so he did a lap, and he was better. And each time, like, again, dude is, like, he is exhausted by the time he gets from one wall to the other. And I ask him every time, how'd that feel? And he's like, great. Yeah, well. I'm like, good. And this dude has, like, a LeBron James-type body, like, physicality-wise for a 10-year-old. Like, this dude. So I was like, can I give you another tip? It's like, you're not breathing right, you know? Can you watch me? how I breathe and then you do the same and he just did it and I was like how many days are you going to be here and he's like every day and he, he didn't say deeply and quickly and often wait what <laughs> wait I missed that joke completely he, he's like he did, in response huh. to your breathing he didn't say deeply quickly and often <laughs> no. no no he didn't say that huh. Huh. Uh, no like, Mr. Joel you're breathing heavy you're breathing super, fast you're breathing super heavy and fast <laughs> Come on, I'm a good breather when I swim, bro. I'm not that old. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, yeah, act, good I'm, act, I'm actually good swimming. breathing when you're swimming is super important. I'm swimming more strongly than I ever have in my whole life right now, which is feels great. Um, so he started doing that, and then I was like, I gotta get out of the pool. I gotta go to work. Blah blah blah. And he asked me where I worked, and he was interested. He was inquisitive, and uh, I told him about this art camp thing that we have where I work. And uh, he's going to tell his parents about it. He's going to tell his parents about my city council run and all that shit. Um, but uh, I asked him at some point while we were in the middle of this whole thing. I was like, do you want to be an Olympic swimmer? He's like, that's my dream. Like well, he, had, he had that chamber. Like he, that's like, that's why I'm here. Well, I just got to get in there and get him training. Man. So I was that's just it. like, look, my housemate Jeff is a better swimmer than me. Between the two of us. You know, I'll introduce you. Between the two of, two of us, by the end of the summer, if you're not faster than me, I'll be disappointed. So we're going to get him uh, up to speed. Israel, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get Israel up to at least, uh, at a minimum, 8,000 meters a day. <laughs> right? Okay? And that's not even scratching the surface, believe me. No. Oh, that's right. just the water work. Yeah. We're going to test <laughs> We're gonna test this kid, and we're going to push him to the limits, folks. But we're going to produce an Olympic swimmer. Out I think, of the Stallings Playground Park. I, I think so, across Jeff. Across the street. Yeah. I th seriously, Jeff, I think we're going to have someone who might have the potential to at least try to qualify. Well, let me just say this, all right? Um, I'm putting out the sandwich board over there, and I'm putting a dollar on there. What? One dollar for anybody that can beat me <laughs> over there, all right? And that's it. So you come up, right, and you put your money on the board, right? And if you can beat me... Two laps there and back. It can be it can be long wise, long, long, long wise, wise sideways. sideways, whatever it is that you want. All right, there and back. All right, you put a dollar down. If I lose, you get your dollar. You get a dollar. There Dude, is, you're, they're right? gonna take you up on it, bro. Okay, I know people are gonna take me up on it. I'm, I'm sure that they are. The other thing is that I will bet you that I can go uh, the entire length of the pool, long ways, underwater without taking a breath. One dollar. One dollar. Yep. Boom. One dollar. Yeah. That's right. Eventually, it's going to be one and a half. Folks, you heard it here first. That's right. It's a good life, baby. Yeah. Jeff and Joel Stells from New Orleans. Joel knows, man. Like, Jeff's uh, a good Spencer is over here like... Spencer's doing He's like, there is no fucking Spencer's way... Spencer's like, no way this guy this can guy do that. This guy can do that, man. No, well, no, not. I'm not surprised. I would say, like, why would someone put up a dollar if you know that you could swim underneath the because, whole way? Because look at Jeff. Yeah. Well, Jeff You're, is long. It looks like good money, you know? 
Because yeah. you're an old dude. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. You don't have the best physique. Right, right. No, clearly <laughs> No, but Jeff is, like, really tall, though, and, like, long. But he, but he like. doesn't look like the fish that he is in the pool. Well, that's you the thing. Like, tall people are very absurdly good in the water. Sure. I'm not that tall. You're not that tall. Yeah. Pretty average height, I think. Yeah. I feel like you're kind it's of tall. Kind of, you feel like I'm kind of this tall. This is the Dallas Cowboys thing. Look, look. I'm, I'm just saying, folks. If you're <laughs> I at bet the, Ed Jones is a fantastic swimmer. If you're at the Stallings <laughs> Park playground swimming pool and you're like, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. I think I can take out. Dude Wait, is that Ed Jones from Silicon Valley? No, Ed oh. Jones is Ed Too Tall Jones. No, but who, who was. Who, I know, but who was our. Uh, Who's our boy who's also tall from Silicon Valley who made up a name? Ted Jones? Ed. Anyway, he made up an alias. Oh, yeah, your friend from the second line. From the second line. Jared. Jared. Made up Ed. Yes. And was a badass suddenly. And then talked to him about himself in the third person. Silicon Valley, everybody. Mike Judge. Can we just say Mike Judge in my lifetime is one of the more creative people that I know? That I've well, well, the thing, the, the thing that I wanted to say about Mike Judge is that he's an auteur of comedy, you know, and, and it's, he's maybe one of the only people other than Woody Allen that I can say has an auteur's sense of filmmaking. He has a distinctive signature that when you're watching his films and his television shows that or make or it his cartoons or his, yeah, right, exactly that that gives it that Mike Judge touch and no one else so proud of Texas. Nobody, nobody else has that uh, has yeah. that feel or tone. Uh, the way that he makes use of sets in order to create comedy all the time. You know, like the garage within a garage. The garage within a garage. Where they're yeah. at the guy's place. Yeah. Right, exactly. Here's where it all started. And it's a garage within something? a garage. Speaking of Woody Allen Spencer, do you know the reference that Woody Allen said, like, showing up is 80% of the gig? Do you know that reference? No. Jeff, Jesus, we're killing Spencer on the references we're killing tonight, him. man. What's going on? My boss, I was like, he's like, you're three minutes early. I was like, well, you know what Woody Allen said. He's like, no. That happened today. That Gee. meeting that I told you all about? Yeah. That's how yeah. we started. I'm like, uh, wow. the Woody Allen thing. He's like, what do you mean? Coming out the gate flat. I'm like, showing up is 80%. He's like, in New Orleans, it's 98%. You know what, everyone shows up late. You know I what show that up is? two minutes early every fucking meeting. That's like when you dive in off the blocks at the beginning of a race right. and swimming and your goggles fall off. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's my fault. It's like someone pulled my goggles off. Yeah. Like you didn't get the reference. I don't know. You're a 60-something-year-old person and you don't get the Woody Allen reference about showing up on time. Like I don't get it. Yeah, I, I know. I, but, you know. I'm, uh, I'm going to get fired. I'd probably the, stay away. I didn't get, I didn't get fired today. I thought I was. I'm a, I'm a no, you dead, got promoted. I'm a dead man walking at work. <laughs> I walk, How did Spencer, you go from thinking you were going to be fired to promoted? I, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the details because it's boring. But uh, I, I walked in thinking that maybe I was going to get fired for how I choose to work and where I choose to work from, and I got uh, a promotion. It's like meaning, Mike, it's meaning like from Mike, home and from home. It's Mike Judge absurd level. Would the of promotion shit. still let you work from home? No, they want me to be there more. Ah, so that's and that's why you're. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I don't want to get in. I mean, I shouldn't get into any of this shit unless there's something on the punch list. Oh, office supplies. Can I tell you something about office supplies? That's related. 
that's on, that's on the punch supplies, list. Joe. I got like I keep getting emails about office supplies. I don't need any. I don't use a pen. I don't use ink. I don't use paper. I don't use pencils. I don't use post-it notes. I have a computer and my fucking phone. Like, why the fuck would I need office supplies? Can I just say something? Can anyone just tell me why the fuck office supplies are necessary? To write things down. I have a computer in my pocket that I write things down on. Yeah. I I, I think that, like, striving for a, a paperless existence is a noble attribute that most people in the rest of the country recognize. VoteJoelJackson.com, uh, and look, it's a paperless campaign. I'm not going to say that New Orleans has some kind of like, uh, you know, corner on the market of regressive professional situations, but God oh, damn it, does. it, it no, seems it does. close no, don't. to that. I, you're, you're hedging. When you shouldn't I'm, no, hedging. I'm hedging, and I shouldn't be hedging You shouldn't right be now. hedging. You, you told me today, Jeff, when I was, when I was recounting this, and it's, I'm going to get fired my, for shit. My experience since I've been back, from, from New, New York, York City in New Orleans and on every f- employment front except for the freelance work that I've done has been a with fucking sp- with Spitball Media professional with Spitball Media with all the people who are pros has been fine but those gigs are fewer and far between but right. my regular jobs and the situation with the partners at the bar was it was everything has been utterly utterly unprofessional sure on uh, and in the most basic sense like the crazy nut job that i worked for at loyola and uh and and just the you know the crazy situation of uh i, I mean new orleans just has a lot of crazy people it's weird in it it's weird it attracts, it attracts crazy, crazy people. people it attracts yeah geez. yeah exactly and and you get these charlatans who are able to sell themselves into positions of authority right and they're they don't have skills they're incompetent and, and they're incompetent right exactly and they master incompetence with aggressiveness with aggressiveness so look, I'm thank you wow that's I'm great i gotta remember fired. that man master mastering Mas- incompetence mast- mastering incompetence with aggress- aggression um so yeah, I mean, I was told something today like uh, I don't like, think that you're gonna get fired. I'm like, why can't I fire this person that you guys are telling me I should fire? They're like, I don't even, uh, you know, I'm, I should not even go there. But it's just, it's just the absurdity of it is is absurd, and uh, I'm going to Bonnaroo instead. There's just a lot of stuff that happens. Look, we talk about New Orleans, we talk about the upside, and we talk about the downside as well. And, uh, and I think that you can see that now, that what's starting to happen is uh, the real estate market in New Orleans is starting to level off. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit. Sure. But one of the things also is this kind of like influx of, uh, and probably we overuse the word millennial, uh, but then influx of people of a certain age coming into New Orleans and sure. having high hopes, um, 12 years out from the storm, it's... You know, uh, these are people who are in their 30s now. And the hope of some kind of like upwardly mobile, progressive work situation is uh, has faded. And and so now they're facing uh, life, you know, at the end of their 20s with uh, little or no hope for advancement. Uh, waiting as as we are for the baby boomers to die off and to stop clinging 
with their fingernails to, their to every to every last thing God, that that, that's God available. All, all, and, Baby boomers. But but and one of the one of the one of the byproducts of that is this is that you get these like these you get this thing where people look at you like you're nuts for behaving the way that the rest of the country behaves right. in terms of work habits these days. Exactly. And you and I happen to be people that embrace telecommuting, technology. Telecommuting is a thing. Technology is a thing. You know, my ex-girlfriend who I'm speaking with these days, you may have heard me talk to her on the phone, Val, shout out to her. We're just trying to like be friends and she telecommutes like half of her day. Is it? It's like just and that's she works for RTI, which is the most one of the most progressive NGOs in the country, and they get great shit done, and they have contracts with the Department huh. of Justice. What's an NGO? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. NGO, Joel, you with your NGOs today, today, today and said, your words. Spencer, I said biz dev, and my boss was like, I don't know what you're talking about. When I said biz dev, I don't know what biz dev is either. You don't, know? right? No. But one wouldn't expect that you would. But in, cer in certain... It's business development. Yeah, right. It's sales. Oh, I thought you said right. biz death. Like. No, biz dev. Business definitely. Not most <laughs> death. Business definitely. Biz, oh, that's a good Joel rap Jackson. name. That's a good Business definitely. definitely. Biz death. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be your... That's your handle. MC. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. Biz death, So I'm definitely getting fired for this. Uh, fuck it. Uh, what else we got on the punch list? <laughs> Death yeah, you fire. Tell you, tell, you tell me. Uh, we have Uncle Marvin. Uncle Marvin, everybody. Oh, was that your uncle? You were talking uh, yeah, about Uncle Marvin uncle. with your uh, we mom. Might, we might call earlier. him our mom. Um, in the, in the uh, we call you. You don't call us segment of the pro program. Uncle Marvin um, was this dude who what 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 was the thing that he said? If I was any better, I couldn't stand it. If you asked him how you're doing, that's what he said. Repeat it one more time. Like, if I was any better, I couldn't stand. That was him, and I knew him like only like when he was in his sixties. I never knew him before because he was like my stepdad's uncle, right? So I just knew him from like his sixties to seventies, and he would have me punch him in the gut. He'd be like, "Just punch me in the gut." Do it, and he'd just do it. And I'd punch him, and he'd just laugh. And then we'd play tennis together. I was on the high school tennis team, and he would beat my ass at tennis in his like sixties. But you cheat like a motherfucker. Dude, parents parents would God stop damn. you these days. They would stop you. Even if some old guy was like having fun right. with your kid and was like, punch me, me in the stomach. Do it. Do exactly. it, kid. Exactly. Right? They would. They'd be like, don't. Oh. Folks, this was the early we don't, 1980s. We, don't, we try not to encourage that. This was the late 70s, early 80s when you punched an old dad. You just guy. punched people. You just punched him. You just punched him in the gut because he said punch me. Because he said punch me. And, uh, and then he fucking knock him he, down. He cheated <laughs> like he right. cheated like a motherfucker. Like, here's the thing: I was a pretty, I was a decent tennis player, and I was like the ah, I was decent. I was the number six. But person. Uncle Marvin was a better cheater, I take it. Yeah, I was the number six player on my team. Yeah, right. And we yeah. didn't have a great team, but we traveled, and I was okay. You know, I did. A, I was number six. I was active. We traveled with ten people. I was active. At right, least, right, right, right. So I was I was a player. And as it turns out, Uncle Marvin shared a uh, newspaper riot when he was a kid with a guy named Bill Belichick. <laughs> it's true. Or, or Bill Burr. He, yeah, that's right. he, he taught him everything he knew. 
So he cheated like a motherfucker. And he was like so shameless about it. And he knew he was doing it to fuck with me. Because I would just run, I'd start running him off the court. Right? Like I'm just running him from side to side. I'm 17. I'm virile. And I'm and he's sixty something, and he's not virile, and I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just gonna cross court this motherfucker to death. He's just gonna run and run and run and run, and then he makes me feel bad by doing that, and he calls like some balls out of bounds that aren't out of bounds. You having sympathy is not Uncle Marvin cheating. Me, I, it, no, I had sympathy, because he, both things happened. Those things are not mutually exclusive. He manipulated you. He manipulated the fuck out of me. And he knew he did it, and we would talk about it after the match. I don't consider and, manipulation cheating, though. Not in sports. No, he did. He no, did. He, no. That's, well, part, yeah. that's part of it. But he, but he definitely cheated in terms of like calling balls that were in out. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, yeah, all, it was about. It wasn't about winning. The, it wasn't about winning the point. It was about getting in my fucking head. There's something about that, that age thing. Down. That age thing that allows people who are older to always win. In those situations, sure. you know what I mean? Totally. And then, and they're aware of that. They yeah. are. Just like I'm just gonna fucking cheat, and that's the way that it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna win. And you are a kid, and the, so therefore to I'm gonna point, make it's you. It's not even cheating. It's I'm just gonna, winning. I'm yeah. gonna fold you over like a piece of aluminum <laughs> exactly. foil, which is winning, not cheating. That's how you win. Yeah, but if you when you're old, <laughs> if you cheat to the, your way to the top, it's savvy. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So what else, what else we got on the punch list? Look, I mean, we saw today that Lance Armstrong is still even landing roles in movies. He needs the money. It's kind of nuts, man. Yeah. All right, what else we got on there? Who are we going to call? Uh, who are we going to call? Okay. Uh, city Council is on here. Uh, I think we've talked about that. I announced my City Council yeah. uh, run today. It's on uh, com, so you can check that out. Joel Jackson for City Council. That's right. District D. JJ for DD. JJ for DD. You heard. There you go. We're going to have the t-shirts. Yeah, we're going to have to make some lawn signs. Soft, soft-ass t-shirts. Yeah. Do and we want to be- even make lawn signs? Do we want to be a paperless campaign? No lawn signs. Paperless. Paperless, mostly social media. It's right? mostly social media and, like, merch. And merch. That's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So, look, if you, if you donate, you go to my donate page. The donate pay button is coming very soon once I figure out the campaign ethic thing and how to set up the bank account. Um, we're going to send you a t-shirt or a hat or whatever. We're going to send you merch for donating. Swag. Swag. Yeah. We're going to some soft-ass swag. And look, we got, a, we got one particular uh, donation level that's just like bring your dog by the house. $12. Right. You get to bring your dog by the house, uh, pet your dog, and then we just talk. You pick up the poop? I'll pick up the poop for $12. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Joel will pick up your dog's poo. For $12. If you come by the house and talk <laughs> to him. Is that a one-time fee or every every turd? Uh, it's one. It's $12 per turd. That's right. Every every time your dog takes a dookie. <laughs> and I pick it up. On my lawn. That's $12. <laughs> it's 12 bucks. Twelve dollars towards making New Orleans a better community. Exactly. Don't drive to jail, ladies. Because we're not driving to jail, and we're revenue earning. And look, I'm going to say, look, we're going to we're going to improve technology. We're going to improve our industrial sectors. We're going to raise money. We're going to improve tourism. We're going to make money so that we can get rid of this overtaxing, revenue generating, uh, 
don't drive to jail bullshit, the traffic cameras, everybody. I mean, they're just, and this resonates with every single person that I talk to. And I think we're going to win because of that. Plus, let me say something, folks. Joel Jackson has a full head of hair. Okay? It's a full head of hair. And what is it's that? It's what every yeah. politician needs. It's Yeah, every politician needs a full head of hair. Believe me, So man. if you're worried a little bit, you're like, you're like, is this guy, I mean, is he bald? Is he trustworthy? Is he, well, like, what's he's the deal? got hair. No, he's, he's tall, and he has a full head of hair. Look, okay? folks, it's not lost on me that uh, the reason that I'm going to win is because I'm a tall drink of water. It's just not lost on me. I mean, that's just it. I mean, I'm older. I'm Boy, aging. That's, that's going to come back to bite you. <laughs> okay. In the debates. <laughs> you know, Brossett's going to be like, oh, you're a tall drink of water. I don't know. You're damn straight I am. Well, right. apparently. And then you just own it. it. Some, right? Yeah. What, some lady out in the what do you expect? Like, what do you expect me to do? She like, I can't wh whistles at myself. Well, it seems to appear that you need to time, wear some ego tight jeans. Is, uh, a high commodity in politics. Sure, yeah, yeah, no. right. Exactly. You got that in spades. I do. I have that in spades. What else we got? Uh, we have Bill Burr's show. Oh, shit. Which Ethics relates to Uncle Marvin. Which relates to Uncle Marvin. Right, for sure. Well, you know, because we were talking about, you know, this this new Bill Burr animated show. We just watched a little bit of it before the podcast. And uh, we were talking about how people were raised differently in different eras. And uh, parenting was an entirely different thing uh, for me. Growing up primarily in the 1980s when you could skip out of the house and disappear for a long time. And look, I Disappear to the lights, to I the street like lights my, came my, And my parents were, relative, were relatively strict in comparison. But when I look back and I see the helicopter parenting that goes on now, sure. where everyone is you know, monitoring every movement, you know, your kid's pinky finger sticks out and it's cause for a, a conversation... Right, you know. Whereas, for for us, I'm assuming it was kind of the same for you, Spencer. Probably the same thing because you're from Texas. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, no, I don't but, think it really changed until 9/11. Did think you have a helicopter? 9/11 changed that. Like parents are like, I have Spencer, to protect my kids from terrorism. What was your parenting experience? Uh, my well, my parents were a bit more strict than most of my friends' parents. So, like, how so? Well, like, we just had, like, a lot of shit we had to get done before we'd be able to do anything. But, Chores. Yeah, but the second we got it done, it was, you know, get Game the fuck on. out of the house. Scam on. Get <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Here's 20 bucks. Go do fucking whatever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I like Yeah, that. we had, we had, there was a lot of that stuff, you know, in Harahan. Like, the BMX bikes. The BMX bikes. Riding skateboards. The, oh, it was I, so suburban. The ramps. The so, I do, have, uh, I do have one example. I, uh, I remember in high school, I was longboarding one day, and, uh, went down like the biggest hill in our town and uh, didn't quite it had like a complete 90 degree turn at the bottom yeah. I didn't quite make it and I you hit didn't the make curb. that huh no nah, I hit the curb and flew like 20 feet through the air Good. and then slid about another uh, 10 feet on my side and broke my elbow well what what childhood then, uh, <laughs> would not be that. complete without that well the, the funny thing is like I had my friends and they're like they take me to the hospital and everything, and they call my dad, and my dad goes, and they're like, hey, we have Spencer. He's in the ER. We think he broke his elbow. He's like, okay, is he dying? No? <laughs> and then just click, hung up the phone, didn't give a shit. Like, yeah, yeah. That's so that right. was my dad. Uh, <laughs> I never had any of that. I mean, I, I was always very fortunate. I mean, I had a lot of spills, but I never broke anything. My brother went to the hospital like 10 times. Like, he terrorized the family in that sense. 
Uh, wow. He, he's the bipolar guy now. Yeah, I never, I didn't really go to the hospital, but I mean, I had some, I had some, you know, fine wrecks, you know, where the bicycle got destroyed, you know, and, and I, you know, whatever. I mean, what if I call my mom right had, now? But, but the we're thing, talking about the 70s. I actually, thinking what back, think? had quite a few hospital trips, actually. You did? Yeah. Yeah. You did really? Yeah, there's actually quite a number of them. Is that right? You're one of those guys. Like thinking back through it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were balls out. Yeah, like <laughs> I, it, I split yeah. my head open when I was five. Uh, <laughs> it all started from there, and then like, remember in some people grade, just wired that way. <laughs> well, I mean, he was wired that way after he split his head open. Right yeah. at five. <laughs> Let's look. What do, what do we think? I want to call my mom. We're at thirty-six minutes right now. Call her. You want to call, call her? Yeah. Quick call to the mom? Quick quick call. I'm going to ask her about my brother like splitting his head open on the skateboard th- accident when she was on her way to Let's call home. mom and let's talk about how things were different back then. Exactly. In terms of parenting. And like Bill Burr style. And she feels guilty. I just tell everybody that she thinks she didn't do a good job. I was like, Mom, you don't understand the fact that I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, put, it, put it up here so we can all talk fa- into the, it. The fact that I was a latchkey kid made me a better person. Right? Because I'm self-reliant. You heard? All right, call. We're calling mom. We're right calling now. mom right now. She's gonna. She's gonna be on the speaker. speaker. This is a uh, Beverly Gale. Beverly Gale. Hey, hey, mom. Hey. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. <laughs> we got you on the podcast. You do not. <laughs> we sure do. Hey mom, we're we're talking about the 1970s, like growing up as how different it was back then than it is now, and how you know we were latchkey kids, and we're talking about how, and I know I know, and I just I just said to the audience that's listening that I know you have some guilt about parenting, but I but I want to tell you for the record that being a latchkey kid was a awesome thing for me. I, I I enjoyed and appreciated having the freedom that I had growing up, and it made me like the self-reliant person that I am now. You know, um, that's a lot of heavy stuff to lay on you. Beverly, would you refer to Joel as a latchkey kid? Uh, right in the, I guess in the way that it's understood, because I wasn't <laughs> home from work when he got home from school. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. In that respect, yeah. And then I got to go out till the like street lights came on. I just got to go do whatever I wanted, right? Until the street right, lights came on. Right, because it was it. We, well, we thought it was safe to do to do that back then, you know. Yeah, and I've we told you, I've told you recently how all the kids and we're talking. There's this Bill Burr show we've been talking about that's on Netflix. It's about like our basically our childhood, our respective childhoods, about uh, in the in the 1970s. And we all the kids knew where the pedophiles were, like we knew, like to stay away from the creepy van. Right. So, so we were right. we were smart. But and but we had no idea. Right. You know, <laughs> my, my friends and I, my friends and I had no idea, really. Right. And so I've learned I've learned a lot, you know, in, in well the last several years. Um, throughout the years, I've learned bits and pieces. Sure. Um, but you know, I never had any 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 idea. I guess I thought, well, I knew things had changed from the time that you know <laughs> when I grew up, when it really was safe to be out. You know, 
Um, and mom, tell tell, tell not, everyone where you can you tell everyone where you grew up and what what era uh, it was. Yeah, I grew up uh, in mostly in Alabama, right outside of Birmingham, in a town called Bessemer, and then Hueytown. Hueytown. When I was about 14, 14, we moved to Hueytown. You were a cheerleader. I was. <laughs> I was head cheerleader, Joel. Head cheerleader. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, my senior year. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen pictures. It was fun. It was a, it was a great time. As far as I knew, as far as my friends and I knew, um, it was a. It, I mean, it was an ideal time to grow up for us. But there was a lot that we didn't know about. Sure. You know, and and we lived in a small town, and everybody knew everybody's parents, and um, you know, and and it was the ideal, you know, that you kind of see back in the '50s movies. It was really like that for us. But but you know, uh, we know now that it was certainly not ideal for a lot of people. Sure. Well, uh, one of the things, uh, not to interrupt Beverly, but uh, one of the things that happens on on the show, which I thought was a great detail, is that uh, the kind of uh, puke green phone that was mounted on the wall, uh, the the husband in the show starts bashing the phone uh, uh, on the wall. (laughs) When that whole phone? When uh, when 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 the advertising person calls uh, during dinner time. Right. Uh-huh. Tell them you, right. you remember right. that happening? Right. I don't. You don't yeah. remember that? <laughs> we used to sit down and it just brought back such memories of my dad uh, at the time uh-huh. because we'd sit there. It was such a classic scene um, because, you know, the phone advertisers would know that everybody's sitting down to eat. And they call you during And they call you during that time. And uh, my dad would just sit there and fume because it was the family right. time at the table. Exactly. And you're not and, supposed uh, to get up from the table. Right. But that, right. that, yeah. phone, that, that phone ringing was so tempting, and everyone felt uh, obligated to answer the phone. I mean, I'll say this, Mom. Right. You, Mom, <laughs> Mom made us sit down for dinner. We sat down for dinner. We did that. Mm-hmm. Good. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always give you uh, crap about this, Mom, but your idea of a salad was like a, a slice of pineapple on a piece of lettuce. <laughs> with some grated cheese on it. Wait, wait. wait. Well, cottage I, cheese? Cottage cheese. Yeah. I got that from your other grandmother. Oh, is that right? From you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. See? Now, my mother put put pears on the lettuce. Yes. <laughs> yes, my mom dollop, did that. Yeah. And a dollop of Miracle Whip on it. Oh, it's a Miracle Whip. <laughs> Well, then you'd, all, you'd also right. have, like, uh, you'd have that Jello thing, that congealed thing as a salad. Oh, I had a lot of congealed salads, right. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jello with the, with the grapes in it. Exactly. The fruit, the fruit in it. And, and, you know, and then you might, you might put some Cool Whip in it. Oh, that's right. cool yeah. And it would turn pink. It turned cool pink. There, yeah, there, there was this. It was called Dream Whip. <laughs> oh, that's Whip. right. I remember that. And you mix, yeah, you mix that Dream Whip up, and the, you know who knows what was in that stuff. <laughs> you mix that up and feed it, you know, and, and you use that <laughs> instead of making. But but most of the time back then with cooking from scratch, you you, you whipped real whip, whipped cream, you know. Right. You know? You're, you're, oh, you're, that's you're, which you're, is the best. Your mother was a really good cook. As I recall, Mom. yeah, she was. She 
was. She did everything from scratch. Um, every, everything was scratch. She didn't follow a recipe. Um, I remember um, when I was about to get married, I asked her to, I wanted some of her recipes, and she had to think about it. And, you know, before she wrote anything down, because she oh, right. looked at things. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. That's right. But then didn't yeah. didn't your sister Dana like somehow uh, archive recipes from from grandmother? She, she did. You know, I have that book that she gave me one Christmas and she went through um, you know, everything. You know, after granddad uh, after granddad passed away, uh-huh. she got mother's cookbooks and everything and she duplicated a lot of recipes that she that mother had handwritten. Mhm. And um so yeah, that's that's priceless. That and she really was a really good uh, and 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 mom, I think you picked this up from from grandmom is is your your ability to bake the the the, the paste the cookies, the the, right, the paste and, and the candy the candy know? the pralines. I, I learned huh. to make the fudge. Yeah, my mom makes the best pralines ever. Oh, wow. Forget a praline yeah. down in New Orleans, folks. You got to get my mom. We. At some point, I, I I pitched my mom or or maybe Keith pitched you on this. My brother Keith on uh, Love Fudge, because uh, your, is it your, was it your granddad's dad who was Scottish-Irish and named Love? There, or was it now mother, grandma's? Okay. Mo- mother's dad, my, my grand, mother, mother's dad, uh, he was Russell David Love, and so uh, her mother was, um, oh gosh, what was her mother? Her, her mother was Estelle something love i can't remember her middle name what a great ada. name oh ada, ada estelle love and so then so mother's maiden my mother's maiden name was love so that yeah that, that's my favorite word so we talked what about we talked word. about love fudge right right love because fudge. we decided one night when everybody was together because everybody loved that fudge so much and we were all sitting around in the living room you were there keith i think we were all there yeah and we were talking about the fudge, and, and Keith was saying, Mom, you need to make that and sell it. And I was trying to explain to him how, how hard it is to make it. Well, because the weather has to be perfect, you. right, Mom? Can you talk yeah, about, the like, the humidity? Yeah, because you have to get the softball, drop it in the water, you know. And uh, it will be sugary if the weather's not clear. And, yeah. nice. ah. and you, can't make, you can't make huge batches because it just doesn't turn out the same. Right, so right. I was trying to explain that, but we did, when we were talking about maybe trying to figure out a way to mass market it, we that's when we somebody came up uh, with I think it was Keith Love Fudge. Right, so I think it was Keith. Been too. ever since. Yeah. Which Love Fudge could also like have really nefarious like uh, uh, I don't know. Um. Yeah, we don't need to go there while mom's <laughs> sorry, on the phone. Sorry, Joel. Hey mom, this is an example of Jeff keeping me in check So you know what kind of friendship he and I have (laughs) This is an example of Jeff keeping me in check And not not getting out of line Jeff, I hope you can do that, that's a tough job It's it's an ongoing process and uh, Sometimes I just leave for extended periods Hey, I just want to—I want to ask one question because my mother is a good cook. Uh, basically, all Italians on my mother's side of the family, so you can—you oh, ima- wow. can—you can imagine. That's good cooking. Yes, and uh, and but uh, if you were to pick a, a favorite down-home recipe, uh, uh, other than what we've talked about so far, what would you say it is? Uh, that my mother made the cornbread. <laughs> the dre- the dressing. No, I mean, the dressing. Great. I'm sorry, Anyone? the dressing. Cornbread is great. The dressing. But I think fr- the 
going yes, but I think fried chicken uh-huh. because nobody could make fried chicken like a southern cook. Right, I mean, that's right. You know, what's your what's your secret? What do you put in there to make it good? Well, I don't make I don't really do fried chicken anymore. You know, I've changed a lot. But uh, but back when you did. Um, <laughs> well, it's, uh-huh. it's breaded a little bit, salt, pepper, and then just sort of uh, a lot of oil in the skillet, and you wait until it's hot, you, you drop the chicken in, and, you know, you fry it pretty quickly, but there's, there's kind of an art to it, well, uh, as far as not burning it, right. not right. having the oil right. too hot, and the way my mother always, my mother always cut her chickens up. She would get fryers and cut them up herself because it was less expensive that way. And that's the way most people did it. And she would cut them in such a way that you always had a wishbone. Oh, yeah. And we called, yeah, we called it the pulley bone. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, who, whoever got the, I think it was the longer. Yeah, if you had the, the longer, longer part that had, wish. where the bone yeah, came yeah. together, right, yeah. 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 Well, Mom, I gotta, I gotta right. say, like, I want you to come down here on October fourteenth because it's the night of the primary of the city council election, and I've told you about that. And it's also right around right, your birthday, right. and the I, weather's I great. And we'll go to Willie Mae's Scotch House, and we'll get their fried chicken. Willie Mae's what? It's, it's called Willie Mae's Scotch House, and uh-huh. it's 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 widely considered the best fried chicken in the world. Oh wow! I'd like to try it. Yeah, it's kind of well, candy. Well, you know. Um, uh, Yee could I, you probably don't remember Jeff that's uh, Joel's other grandmother okay and uh, what's her what did you call her Yee Yee my dad Yee Yee yeah she didn't want to be called grandmother and her name she thought she was too young and um, her name is was Lillian so she liked Yee so, so Yee Yee right and the, and, and the Yee Yee had the Yee had a they had a service person right they had a like an old they African did. woman. Uh, they sure did for years and years and years and years. Um, and gosh, Joel, I can't remember her name. I can picture her. Me too. But isn't, Jack isn't, would go and get her and and bring and, and as she she oh her fried chicken was unreal. And oh she, yeah, it was. Oh gosh. Um, that was a but, that yeah, that was that was a time when uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. What's up? Well, Beverly, you were going to say something about Yee Yee, right? I cut you off, Tom. Uh, yeah, what was I going to say? Well, about her fried chicken, but she was such a good cook in general. I have, Most of the good recipes I have are either hers or my mom's. And Joel, you know the chest pies. Yes, well, ma'am. That, Ooh. That, che- ye, that oh. yee's recipe. Dude, yeah. the chest pies. And, oh, um, and you know the, the salad that I always get made fun of at Christmas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell us about this salad. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably a frozen cranberry salad, and I love it. And it has, um, well, it has a, it has the Cool Whip in it. <laughs> it has the Cool Whip in it. Yeah, it has the Cool Whip, but it has cranberries, just canned, but they're whole berries. And uh-huh. it has pineapple, crushed pineapple. Um, it has pecans. Um, oh, oh, good. What else? Yeah, a little bit of mayonnaise, just a little bit of sugar, a little mayonnaise, and and yep. the whip, whipped cream. And and ye always made you know scratch whipped cream, but uh, you can substitute you know the cool whip. No no coconut in there. No coconut in that one. Okay. Mom, I was. She made. um, Now my mother made ambrosia. That's what I was going to say. That one sounds. It tilts a little bit in the ambrosia direction. That one. 
Right, yeah, because I can picture my parents in the kitchen. Uh, Daddy would, would grate the coconut. It was always fresh coconut, you know. He would grate the coconut. And Mother would peel the oranges and section those. Oh, yes. And, yeah, she always, it was always, everything was fresh, everything was scratch. Her okay. pie crust, um, she never used a cake mix, and so I, 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 I would feel guilty using a cake mix, you know. You would, you would, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite... And when I was young, and the kids were at home, I, I made my own pie crust, too. You sure you did? did. Um, oh, wow. One of my favorite memories, Mom, yeah. was licking the bowl when you made, like, the oh, icing. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, gosh. And, and there was, do you remember the story about the, the mixing bowl, Joel? No, man. You know, my, mix, my, my mixer, my dad got my mixer from me. Uh, it was a place called Gray Bar in Birmingham, and oh, it was uh, back when Sun Sunbeam made the very best mixers back then. Oh yeah, that's so, what my mom had. Yeah, and so, and so she he, had the kind really, with your the, mom had one. She had a, she had a green one that was the same puke green color as the it's telephones. The <laughs> you remember yeah, one? That, that was avocado. 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 Right. That was what it was. not right, puke green. Avocado. Yeah, everything was. Uh, Green or gold. yellow line? No, and I remember yeah. it had a it had a it had a dial on the butt end of it that was round, and the different right. and, and the speed uh -huh. you turn that and that increased the speed. Mm -hmm. But each incremental right. thing on the speed dial had a different uh, uh, product that you would make with it, uh, oh, so right. associated exactly. with that it speed. I remember yep. the exact I, model. I had one, and I, actually, I didn't, I didn't, I finally, I had mine restored and ordered new bowls for it and everything several years Wonderful. ago, but it never, yeah, it always, when I tried to make anything in it, you could smell the oil that they had used when they restored the motor. Oh, oh weird. dang, I, yeah. I finally had to just give it up. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. But that was, so, that was so great back then. They were really heavy. That's right, they and, were. Um, yeah, and so my dad had gotten one uh, for me uh, at his discount price. He worked for Birmingham Southern Railroad, and they bought from this company called Gray Bar. Okay. So he got one for my mom, and then he got one for me uh, that used his discount. And so that's what I used for everything. And I can't remember where I was going with the story. But anyway, I made everything from scratch. And I, oh, Joel, do you remember the one, two, three, four cake? And I make the, the chocolate. You I know, do. the chocolate, um, well, you my, ice it, but it's yeah. like a sauce, a thick sauce. My favorite. Pour it over the cake. I, I do remember that, yeah. and, and I remember yeah, how good that was. That's one of hers. Mostly that's, is, that's and, and I hate that I'm not in town um, during strawberry season, because my mom makes the best homemade strawberry shortcake in the world, period. Wow. It really, it really is, and that was my mom. It melts it, in your my, mouth. My mother used the, the if, when she made a layer cake, she used same recipe which had been her mother's uh -huh. for every like if you put the chocolate fudge on it uh like i make it christmas and but in the summertime she would do she would do fresh strawberries and um you make the layer cake you let that you and then you you take the strawberries and you take a potato masher do you remember those that your mom oh yeah of course yeah the potato masher that was my duty right. in the kitchen yeah that's what mom gave the kid to <laughs> do Jeff, you know, it was like mash Jeff's the potatoes 
Jessica cooks. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I use that to mash the potatoes and I mean the, the strawberries, sorry, and until they're a little mushy, not too too mushy, but you want the juices that you know, and then you add sugar and stir it really, really well and you let those sit out for a couple of hours so that all that sugar really um, it's not gonna be sugary, you're not gonna be able to taste sugar, uh, you just sweeten the strawberries a little bit, and you kind of judge it on how sweet the strawberries already are, and so then you put the, you put strawberries on the first layer, and then you carefully put the top layer on, and you have to make sure it's not sliding off while you put the other strawberries in it, and that, the juice, it soaks in and goes all down the sides of the cake and everything like that, mm, so, have, and, and so then you put it in the refrigerator, and it is so, hey, and was your was, was your shortcake more uh, like biscuit, hard biscuit like? No, or was no, it as spongy? She made it. Spongy. Yeah, she just, she just, yeah, she just made, and, and I do too. Just a basic layer cake, and right. she called it strawberry shortcake. Yeah. but it wasn't not like you know traditional strawberry shortcake with like a biscuit. Right. Um, right. But uh, but anyway, that's how she, and then you know if you wanted to, you could put a little cool, a little uh, whipped cream on top. But it's so good, I never even wanted. To Mom, do how that. how many weeks of the year can you can you make the the cake? Like is it like the, four weeks? It, it four depends weeks? on how long you can get good strawberries because now, you know, it used to be that only when you could when they were picked locally, and and your granddad had. There was a time when they had strawberry vines in the backyard, and those were the best. They had, but, pe- they had pecans, mm. too, oh, wow. in the backyard. Yeah. They had pecans. Right. Yeah, but now, you know, you can a get... A pecan is where you go to the bathroom, folks. I hope you know that, right? It is a pecan. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said a, pe- a pecan is where you go to the bathroom. <laughs> a right. pecan. Pecan. <laughs> well, I say pecan. <laughs> There's right. four ways to say it. You can say a pecan, 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 pecan. Pecan. Yeah, four yeah. different ways. Pecan. Some but people are one way through. A C O N. Some some people here even say pecan. <laughs> with a B sound. Oh, there you go. Oh, really? Yep, yeah. yep, it's true. I never heard it like that. Uh, All right, I got a question yeah. for you, Beverly. Uh, real quick, did you ever okay. did you ever smack this guy around with a wooden spoon? <laughs> don't think, don't think I ever did. Okay. No. no believe my, it or not, Jeff. He was he was a, he was a real good little kid. No pepper on the tongue. <laughs> Anything like that? I never chased him. No, mom, mom I never. I, got, I never got spanked. Huh? Maybe no, once. Wrap him no, on the you knuckles. Were, you were good, and, and I. I Jeff, I think he learned from his two older brothers. Oh, he a did. A lot of things. Okay. Not to do. Like, not what right. to do. <laughs> oh, I see. Which has yeah. kind of been my right. model That's in good. life. Is That's good. Learn not what to do. Yeah, just don't so, do that. Don't do the stupid shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Mom, I want to tell you, and we're going to wrap this up here, but I want to tell you that uh, okay. Jeff may not remember this. Uh, he will remember this, but you sent us your love fudge for Christmas. And we had it on I our re- Chris- uh-huh. we had it on our Christmas Eve episode with with little homie. Yeah, I that's remember, right. I remember you telling. <laughs> thank me you that, for right. send. Thank right. you for sending that. By the way. That was... Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so you liked it, huh? Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't make it much anymore because um, Carter, my husband, doesn't really. It's a little sweet for him, so I'll eat the whole thing. You know, <laughs> there, you there you go. It might take me two or three nights. But sure. I, I eat the whole thing. Sure. So, <laughs> so More I had for to you. Back on my fudge. fudge 
Well, Mom, uh, do you have anything? Well, you, you, do you have anything you want to add before we uh, drop off the call? Is there anything you want to say to me on air, or Jeff, or Spencer? Or? <laughs> well, you know, I love you guys. Have a great time in Bonnaroo. Are we, are, have you talked about Bonnaroo? We we talked about it a little bit. Yep. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know, my thoughts are always with you. And uh, look forward to seeing you too. Yes, indeed. October, All right, we October love you too, 14th. Beverly. Love you, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Jeff. And um, sending hugs, okay? All right, you take care of yourself. Mom, Mom great you to talk day. to you. So, so, so nice. You too, honey. Okay, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love you so much. I loved it. Love you too. All right. Okay. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, Beverly. Beverly, Joel's, yeah. Joel's, Joel's mom. Yeah. On It's a I'm, Good Life Band like, podcast. I'm on Whippy. We get, <laughs> we get we get everybody on. We get everybody. You know, I love my mom. Everyone knows that. I'm a mama's boy. And uh, I love my mom, and she's been very supportive of me. Um, and uh, I've been supportive of her, and we're, you know, we're close. She sounds great. And, uh, she it was, sounds great. It was great to take a trip down memory lane and talk about those recipes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we're at the hour mark right now, so, folks. And yeah. It's a good life, babe. Look, I just want to say this. Uh, at, the, at the very end of our first uh, episode here, Episode and our first 35. part of episode 35. Yeah. Um, look, there's still a day. If you're listening and you're like, "Wow, this podcast is great," I want to give those guys two Strawberry grand. Shortcake. And and I'm just I'm going to give you two thousand dollars because you're going Make to Bonnaroo, happen. and I know that sixty thousand, eighty thousand eyes are going to be on my product. Right. And these guys are going to talk about it, and they're going to hustle up some business for me. Do it. Uh, then just uh, holler at us at the it's a good life Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans website, or on Facebook, or on Twitter. Any way that you can think to get in touch it's with, good life, babe, with us. gmail.com. And look, like I said last week, we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you on the podcast. That's, that's what we'll do. You, you, can come, you can come and talk about your product and, and do whatever it is that you want. We're trying to get sponsorship here going, folks, so we can have just a little bit of money. And, uh, you know, bear with us uh, because it's just what you have to do. We're pitching hard. Uh, yeah, Sorry, we're pitching folks. hard. And, and, but it's what we got to hustle. But it's at the end of the episode, you know, so that's it. And, look, uh, anytime you don't want to listen to anything. We don't edit, anything, you scrub. Yeah, we don't edit, you scrub. And uh, you don't call us, we call you. Folks, we will be back on the It's a Good Life Babe.com, Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans podcast for part two of episode 35. Soon enough. <laughs>